everyone, and welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I'm Michelle Maros, your co-host, and I'm here with my mom, Barb Schmidt, peaceful Barb. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. I am very good. So this week, we're going to do a little part two of what we discussed last week of being in the present moment, which I'm excited about because... It feels like that's always just it life always comes down to that of being being present, doing one thing at a time. And I know we we left last week's episode. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, first of all, maybe go back and listen. But it we left last week's episode with a little challenge. So how's that going for you? (laughs) (laughs) Of of what we can one little thing in our lives that we can start to do. Um to to be totally present to, yeah. Because these two episodes are are um, coexisting together actually, and trying to really understand this this whole big idea of living in the present moment, which we're talking a lot about via we do that by being focused and with our attention and focusing on one point one point at, or one thing at a time, and not buying into the myth that we could actually multitask that the mind actually has the ability to be able to do that because. Um, it actually studies have said we can't because we are dividing our mind. And so today I'm really excited to talk about what takes us out of the present moment, what keeps us from being focused on the one thing that we're doing. Um, and it, I think it, it will, we'll talk a lot today about what happens when we, when we do divide our attention and we are trying to do so many things at one time, because usually it's not trying to do two things at one time. I think usually it's trying to do many things at one time. We think mm-hmm. we've got to rush around and do many things at one time. And I think the thing that um, we could, I'd like to start off with by saying is that, you know, when the mind is scattered like that, when the mind is scattered like that, it, it cannot be effective. It cannot be um, strong and, and ready to meet the day or meet whatever it is that we're trying to do for the day in a really effective, sound way. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I asked, I wanted to know how is your... Oh, one point of challenge going. It's going very well, actually. I haven't. My challenge was when I'm when I'm a passenger in the car, to keep my phone down, to mm-hmm. not be trying to do a hundred other things, and thinking that that time is a great time to catch up. And so it's going very well. I haven't been a passenger in the car much. Yeah, you drove today. But I drove today. Yeah. So it's it's going well because it's whenever you have something that you're challenging yourself on or something you're trying to practice. Because as we always say our lives are experiments and we're the scientists, it's always top of mind. So I'm always, so I'm aware. And so I'm, I'm very present to, um, my little challenge of doing that. And it's going, it's going well because I, I think yesterday you and I were together and you were, you were commenting on how much energy that I had yesterday. Oh my gosh. Because I think when you're working on one thing to try to be one pointed and try to be really present, it affects your energy so much and it affects other aspects of your life. You are the example because it's true. And, and, you know, for the past couple of years, what's caring for your dog, you've, you've been very, your mind has been divided because it's been in caretaking mode. And so you have had, you've been tired and and you can just tell that you've been very stressed. And now that you've entered into this new chapter and, and you're not as divided, your energy levels are off the charts. And literally yesterday, she was like the energizer bunny and I was not. And I came to the conclusion, 
that you have big Winnie the Pooh Tigger energy, like bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. And I'm an Eeyore. <laughs> very fun. That's cute. So it was very funny. Very but I, it's true. You are the ultimate example of um, when you start to put in these things to practice, it shows the benefits show up in your life for sure. Yeah. But I, I pushed all of this to say that I think my my challenge for myself was with food and to be present when I'm eating and to not do other things. And, you know, this week has been a really heavy week um, in the world with, with there's a lot going on and a lot of sadness and a lot of difficulty. And um, I noticed that it seems to me like my coping mechanism is to like sit in front of the TV and just like snack on foods as like a comfort. So it's been a little harder for me to to refocus on that challenge just because it's so easy to take comfort in some of those things that we think are comforting like that. And so I I say all that to say that sometimes life is is really hard and um, it makes these practices extra challenging. Well, and I think these practices are made to make us aware, which is what we talk about all the time on these episodes. And you know, awareness is key. And so I think, you know, you're not, the minute we can be aware, we can start to look at ourselves as being more mindful because we're aware. And so when you're aware, then you're actually choosing, well, this is what I feel like doing because I'm feeling, you know, sad or I'm feeling overwhelmed. So I think that's the whole point of trying to be focused is to try to become aware so you can see how you're feeling and see what's happening for you in the moment. Um, which is what I said last episode that I'm always asking myself, how's it going, Barb? What's happening for you right now? So, mm-hmm. so I think it's good because I, I, I do think that worry, which is kind of what you're talking about, actually, when you're sitting in comfort food. And I know for me, when, when um, you brought up with, with my dog, Ellie, and being divided, it was mostly about worry, you know, um, thinking about her um, as I was still trying to go about the day because she was sick and all the things. So Worry is a huge thing. Worry is a huge thing that takes us out of the present moment that keeps us from being uh, focused and one-pointed on the on what we're doing and the people that we're with. Yeah, which is what we wanted to dive into in this part two of some of the things that come up in our lives that take us out of the present moment. The most common that we've found dynamics in life, worry, being one of them is a big one. Yeah. And it's, I think what's interesting is when I, when I look at the things that I worry about, it's usually about the future. Um, it takes me out of the, out of the moment and takes me away from what I'm doing because I'm worried about the future. Well, it's oftentimes they say that you worry about the future or have anxiety or regret about the past. Yes. You know, that's what, when you're, when you're not living present, you're in one of those two phases, mm-hmm. either in, in regret, um, or you're in worry. Ruminating, ruminating over what was done. And I think it, as we do on this podcast, we talk about studies. And what really shocked me when I was doing some reading, oh gosh, probably a decade ago, when I was doing some reading on worry, and there was a study that was done on worry and that 85% of what we worry about doesn't happen is what they determine when they it's did so the study. so wild to think about that. And that the, um, the 15% that does happen we handled it so much better than we thought. Like I've handled um, uh, Ellie 
and her passing and all of the things that uh, have gone along with that so much better than I thought, actually, because um, mm-hmm. we were so close and 15 years. So it is amazing. So if we could just kind of understand that, so it kind of puts worry in better perspective. So wait, can you say that again? Because I, it was such a fast stat that you threw at us, and I think it's really important to really recognize 85%. Studies have been done that 85% of what we worry about never happens. So that means we're, we're worrying about things. So we're writing that, stories, we're yes. contemplating, we're thinking yes. the worst. We're thinking the worst. Mm-hmm. And 85% of the time, those things don't happen. Don't happen. And the 15% that does happen, the people that were, were in this study said they handled what happened so much better than they expected. Mm. So not only are we worrying about things that don't happen, we're thinking that we're not capable of handling it if it does. And both are false. <laughs> And that's what got, that's what really struck me. Okay, I'm worrying 85% of the time when I worry, I'm worrying about things that never happen. And then I'm thinking the worst of myself, thinking that I can't handle it even if it does happen. So, yeah, and if you think about where your mind is when you're going down that track, you're like two layers out of the present. Yeah, exactly. And so you can see how you're not effective. You can see why we feel like, you know, um, we don't have enough time and, oh my gosh, I'm not getting things done and... I'm all the things that we're going to talk about as we move along in this episode, it, it really all in my, for me, it all adds up Mm -hmm. to when we're not being present in what is happening in the moment, when we're trying to do too many things and we're allowing the mind, I call it allowing the mind to run amok, actually just allowing the the monkey mind, like you talked about in the last episode, just allowing it to do whatever it wants. And then with the awareness we're developing and understanding how not being one pointed and how not being present really takes away so much of our lives. Um, we're starting to recognize that we are the boss of our own minds. We're the boss of what it is we're going to believe. And we have all the capability of always bringing ourselves back to the present moment and actually doing that one thing at a time and concentrating on the people that we are with or the job that we're doing. Well, you know, and the whole point of, of this podcast and the intention of our work is to help people to feel happier and more at peace and more whole and complete and enjoying life. And I always find this quote by Matthew Killingsworth so fascinating because he says, a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. And so if you think about trying to be happy and trying to be stressed if our mind is constantly wandering and going to different places or going out into worry about what could happen tomorrow or ruminating about what has happened last week or whatever it might be, it just the visual for me is so clear that it, it means that we're not going to be happy or we're not going to feel at peace or just content with what is we're not, we use the Thich Nhat Hanh quote all the time. We're not where our feet are. And it. I know these quotes are very short and trite and, and there's so much more to it. But when you look at it this way, it's like, oh, of course, it makes so much sense. And then, of course, what can we put into place around these ideas to help reinforce that we want a happy mind, that and we I, want to actually be where our feet are. Yeah, because that's where our happiness will lie. Of is course, what, is what is what and that study and shown, and not even happiness. It's where our power is that we exactly. talk about. The it's, only place that we can do anything or make any sort of change or any sort of 
positive motion forward is in the present moment. And I think to, to add on to that, that study that was done by Matthew Killingsworth and Daniel Gilbert, their Harvard psychologists, the study is fascinating. It's, they just, they provide, they provide evidence from this study that 47% of our waking hours are spent thinking about something other than what we are doing. And so 47%, 47%, so almost half, almost half. And so, so the conclusion was exactly what you said. A wandering mind is an unhappy mind. And they go on to explain it this way, which, which really is so amazing how often our minds leave the present and where they tend to go is a better predictor of our happiness than the activities in which we are engaged. Hmm. So that means we could be at the most joyful uh, reunion or graduation. I remember being at your college graduation and just feeling so overwhelmed with joy because I was so fully present in the moment. So it's, it's really, it's really, I love these studies so much because they really just confirm what we already know. We already know that if we're not, if we're not doing one thing at a time and if we're not being present, we're going to feel oppressed by time. We're going to feel like we don't have enough time and we're always trying to catch up with ourselves, trying to get things done, trying to fit things in. And, um, and, and I, I actually think not only does it take our energy, but I actually think it erodes our confidence. We don't think that we're good enough because we're always catching up with ourselves or we're always trying to figure out how to fit it all in. Or we're always flustered. Or we're not enough or we're not worthy and other people can do it, but why can't us? But it's not true. It's truly because we're, we're not being focused and we're not being one pointed on that one thing that we're doing in the moment so that we can get that task at hand and then go to the next one and then go to the next one instead of trying to, trying to put them all in one present moment. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that that stat is so fascinating that about 47% of our waking hours, our waking hours are spent not focused on the task at hand. I mean, that is essentially half of our day. And with that notion that a wandering mind is an unhappy mind and half of our day is spent wandering. I mean, no, there's no wonder, no wonder we're in such a state that we're in with so much anxiety, depression, stress, mental health issues. It's just, it really is when you see the science and the data behind it, no wonder. Yeah. No wonder we're tired. No wonder we feel inattentive um, or restless or... You know, um, I think a big thing that I've discovered over the years of of noticing this idea that the mind wanders out of the present moment or wanders away from the task at hand or the person that I'm with so often is boredom. I think that's another key thing that happens for people in the idea that that we're bored a lot or so we've got to go um, we've got to go think about something else or we've got to be doing two or three things at one time. We can't possibly just sit down and be in a conversation with someone without um, thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow or what we're going to eat for dinner tonight or we're on the telephone with someone and we're walking around doing the dishes in the kitchen or whatever it is. And I think it's really a cool thing for you to think about that and just kind of ask yourself, why do you feel bored? And I would I would venture to say, because I know this has been true for me in my experience, that I chief, most of the time when I felt bored, um, it's because my mind was divided and I wasn't giving, I wasn't giving my full attention to what I was doing in the moment. Like, let's say I'm talking to someone 
and I'm not necessarily agreeing with what they're saying. So then I get bored and then I think, oh my gosh, how long do I have to sit here? So what if you refocused yourself and said, if you're not agreeing necessarily that you got more focused in trying to understand how they have that certain point of view. And I think if you think about it that way, that when the mind gets bored, it's trying to, first of all, it's divided. So there's half your brain trying to do what pay attention and do the work that you're trying to do. And the other half is trying not to. <laughs> so you got this really struggle and this kind of war going on inside of your brain. Um, where one, one part of your brain wants to pay attention and be focused to get the job done. And the other part is, is trying to persuade you to quit. <laughs> Let's move on to something else We're, we we need to try something else. So I think it's very fascinating to really start becoming the expert of your mind and understand that you always have a choice in it. Yeah. And that being, so we, we started off this episode talking about that we were going to go into some common life instances that, that take us out. And so you've dived into two <laughs> yeah, um, with managing with worry and anxiety and now boredom. And it boredom is really interesting for me because I think that we don't allow ourselves to be bored anymore. I think we have so many distractions and outs where there is a quote where it's like, if you can just let yourself be bored and, and be with your own boredom with yourself, not if you're doing something else, but if you're like at home and you're bored, it taps into your own creativity and your ability to like wonder and, and just be connected with yourself. But I think so often, and I think the root of all, all of these things of the worry of boredom, of feeling like you're divided and scattered is that, escapism of really tapping into what you're feeling in the present moment. You don't want to feel whatever is happening for you. And with boredom, you're so quick to, to leap to something else, um, to escape whatever's happening in the present moment. And I think if you just sit with it, you can tap into a lot of positive feelings in that moment. Yeah. Beautifully said, Michelle. Um, there's a, there's a lot to, digest here and how important it is to start to really be um, conserving your energy and understanding where it's going. Because I think all of the worry and the the uh, restlessness that we have and the fear and all of the things that we're all feeling today and is anxiety and the stress and all of that stuff, all of those things that are happening, I believe strongly that if you can really start to focus more on the one thing at a time that you're doing and on the task at hand, you will find yourself have not only abundant energy, abundant energy, you start to feel more confident, more worthy, more knowing that um, you've got what you need, you've got what it takes, and you can actually master this life that we're trying to live. It doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult and hard, but you can actually be all in and be present and do the, do what it is that you need to do. So I know for me, that's how I feel when I am scattered, I feel completely ineffective and I really have to, I can feel it inside of myself. When I start to feel scattered, I will literally stop and pause and say, okay, Barb, what's happening for you? Like you were saying, Michelle, start to feel my feelings. What's happening for you in this moment? 
um, bring yourself back to the task at hand. And so we said this, I think the last episode that we're always saying, we've got to, you know, time is going by so fast. Time is going by so fast. Well, time really isn't going by fast. You know, time is time. As we said, you know, it's 24 hours a day. There's 365 days in a year. I mean, time is the same as it's always been, but we feel like it's going so fast because we're always trying to play catch up because we're trying to do too many things. And we have all this unfinished business, all this stuff. We go to sleep at night, all this stuff that we still have to do that's still on our plate. Or if we actually did one thing at a time and finished the one thing or did the job at hand and we didn't have to redo it, um, I just believe that this would solve a lot of the a lot of the pressure that we feel. It is true when you talk about the concept of unfinished business and how much looming dread and anxiety that creates and how it I mean, I tend to be a procrastinator. <laughs> And I tend to have a lot of anxiety and I tend to feel overwhelmed. And I know we did a whole episode about overwhelm and burnout. And when I'm in that place, I I put things off that could be completed. So I'm oftentimes living in a state of constant unfinished business where I know that I have to send that email or follow up on that thing or finish that project or whatever but I can't quite get myself to do it because I'm so um, in that state where I just, I'm too overwhelmed to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of different factors there, but I do know that when I do actually get myself present to do the task and just finish the business at hand, if it's something that's very easily easily completable. I do feel so much better. It's like a weight has been taken off of my shoulders and it's that simple, but it's not always easy to do it. But when you can start to be present to what you're worrying about and notice how much of your mental energy is it's taking up in your daily life. Like I'm, I'm planning a trip and I've felt very overwhelmed because I haven't traveled in two years and it's a lot to plan. And it's just been weighing on me every single day because I've had to make a lot of decisions and I've had to like do a lot of logistical stuff. And, and it's, it's been like weeks of unfinished business because I've been putting it off, but it's weighing so heavily on me because I know I have to do it. And it's like, this time is looming and it's like, you got to do it. But I just have been so present to the fact that I know that I keep putting it off and I'm perpetuating my anxiety and I'm keeping the unfinished business going, but also I'm not doing the things that I need to do to be present to it, to, to do it. So I, I say all that to say that like, you know, there's like big unfinished business in our lives. That's like sometimes not always easy to, to complete, but there's small tasks that A lot we of small things. perpetuate that they might not feel like they're anything. Cause I know we all have a lot of stressors in our lives, but some of these little things really add up where they weigh so heavy and they take up a lot of mental energy, even if it really shouldn't like planning a trip is not, shouldn't be stressful. But I just, I say all that to say that these things add up 
And it takes up, when we talk about conserving our energy, it takes up a lot of our mental space. I think your example is such a great one, Michelle, because planning your trip can be stressful, first of all. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But what, what, I, what I love about your example here is that what starts to happen because of, of the stress and the anxiety and the worry that you're feeling about this trip and putting off and putting off and putting off and allowing your mind to get distracted and allowing your mind to be diffuse, really, like going in many different places, doing anything else other than what it is that you're the task at hand that you want to do, we start to feel like we're inadequate. We start to feel like uh, we can't meet the challenge. We can't meet. Um, we can't. Ha- we can't look at ourselves as being able to be worthy and enough to be able to do this minor thing or this little thing. So, what I love about this is this: that just in you saying all of this, I hope that I hope that you all can kind of feel this that. People who feel that they can't, they just can't do this and they can't meet the challenge of planning a trip. Um, It's not because you can't do it and it's not because you can't do it really well. Um, It's because your mind, um, your diffuse mind is, is making you feel like you are, you don't have the capacity to be able to do this thing. And I think this is really, really, really important to, um, look at this in every aspect of life. So, so often maybe we don't like our job or we don't like a person or we don't like something. Is it because we don't like it or is it because the mind is so scattered? Um, let's talk about the job. Is it because, you know, we're not good at our job or we don't like the job or is it because the mind is so scattered and not being focused on it that we feel incompetent or we feel like it's not worthy enough of us or whatever it is. I think it's really interesting to really think about, um, allowing the mind to wander and allowing the mind to do two or three or four things at one time will always make us feel like we're not up for the task or like we're not capable. And it's really important because I think it's, for me, that's part of the whole, the whole part. I mean, there's a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. That's part of why we, we're not feeling content or happy in so many parts of our lives today. No, it's true. And thinking about this example with me, with this planning a trip, and talking about eroding confidence, it's like I've been working with a, a travel agent and she'll email me and and then I'll take a longer time to email her back because I don't know what I want to say. And then I'm like, oh, you know, what is wrong with me where I can't just email her back in a timely manner? Like she must think I'm so disorganized and, and you know, writing all of those stories of of the judgments that I have because I'm not focused and I'm not getting things done in the in the timeline that I think that I should and, um, and the anxiety that comes with that. And it's just, you can see the trail from not being present and being scattered and not getting like having that unfinished business. And then what it does when it like, you know, it starts there and then it erodes your confidence. And then you started to get into judgment about yourself. And then you start to have like negative thoughts about yourself. And it, it just, again, this is such a, meaningless example, but it's a common example of just how when you're not really focused and present and when your mind gets so scattered and it's so used to being scattered. And I would say that I think, especially in these past two years of COVID lifestyle, I've allowed myself free reign to not be as, as focused and as present as I would like to be. And so I think when you let your mind be so unruly and scattered for so long, it just kind of bleeds into every aspect of your life. And 
it does start to chip away at your confidence and you're feeling worthy in the judgments that you have about yourself. And I think this planning a trip is like a, has been such a eye opening example for me to see it firsthand of like how it really does affect how you view yourself and think about yourself. And it's just like, all right, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. And also it's, I mean, when you think about how much you've been beating yourself up, no, you know, if you're feeling tired or if you're feeling impatient or you're feeling exasperated, of course you're going to feel this way. I mean, you're doing a number on yourself and beating yourself up. And I think one of the things we talked about in the last episode, you know, one of the biggest benefits, one of the greatest benefits of being focused and doing one thing at a time is how it enriches every other aspect of your life, mentally, physically, because it helps you make better choices. And so instead of allowing the mind to be unruly and not, you know, email the, the travel agent back, you email the travel agent back because you're not letting the mind get scattered into three or four other things that you're doing. Um, and I think that's what is so key to everything that we're talking about and what will lead to the, will lead to the life that you truly want to live. It's why it's so important. Like this is, I know you talked to me a lot about when I first started practicing 37 years ago, you always said, mom, one of the biggest things you say all the time is like being present or doing one thing at a time, being focused And part of what I believe so strongly is that doing one thing at a time, being focused and being in the present moment, it leads to productive action. Mm -hmm. And your example is such a perfect one because you, (laughs) you are seeing there's not a lot of productive action. There's a lot of actions happening. It's like, um, like wading in a pool. Yeah. You're not actually swimming, but you're just like treading water, Yeah, but you're never actually going anywhere. Beautiful. And you're just kind of like. Spending, expending a ton of energy trying to yeah. keep yourself afloat, but you're not moving forward. You're not getting back to the shore. It's like you're just. Yeah, there's a lot of action happening, but it's not result, but it's not productive and it's not getting you to where you want to go. So and that to me is the epitome of. Scattered minds, divided minds, a lot of actions and no results Yeah, yeah. or getting results, but like they're mediocre results. And so I know we love to give you all some tangible things to think about in leaving an episode. And I just wanted to really highlight the benefits again, that come from starting to be present because the more that we talk about it and we've dedicated two episodes to it, the more I realize how deeply rooted it is in our society and our, our lifestyle to not be present. And so I, I do think it's like a chip away, chipping away at, noticing how we can start to be focused and put our mind back into one place. And that's, you know, that's probably a lifelong practice. But I think as we start to do it and see some of these benefits that we're going to talk about, it'll be more encouraging to keep it up because society is always going to give us reasons to do multiple things at once and make us think that we don't have enough time and that you know, somehow we're falling behind because we're not, you know, multitasking. Yeah. So it's up to us. It's up to us. It is up to us, which is like a blessing and a curse because, you know, we have to hold ourselves accountable for the things that we really like to see and and have in our lives. Um, But also knowing that the world around us is going to keep pushing some of these ideals that we know might not be 
in our own best interests. So some of the benefits, again, that come from when we start to pivot this habit is... Of trying to do so many things at one time and allowing the mind to wander. Um, these are, yeah, when we, when we pivot from the habit of oh, allowing... Pivot from the habit. Yeah, yeah, pivot. To, pivot. I thought you were like... No, when we pivot from... I just wanted to reiterate that we're going to pivot from the habit... Because it is a habit. We've never we've never thought about the fact that we're the, actually the boss, and we can we can choose to not do it. Even if everyone around us is doing it, we could actually be the outlier and say, "No, this is not serving me." Which is what you just said. You know, I like to think of it as like a computer. Our lives are a computer, and it's like, what is the operating system that our computer mm, is operating from? And I know back in the day, we used to like defragment our computers, and I don't necessarily know if that still exists. But you think about. Um, at least for me, if I have too many tabs open in my computer, which I tend to, I feel like I get the little spinny wheel. My computer goes extra slow. It takes a long time to like load anything. And I'm like, oh, it's so ineffective and, and just very frustrating. And having all those tabs open and when I shut it down and close it out and in the old days, defragment to conserve space, things ran smoother and faster and more efficiently. And so, you know, that's the system in which my computer operates on. And if you think about the system in which our minds operate on, you know, how many tabs do we have open? How much energy is being taken from something playing in our minds? Like, what do we need to close out and save for later or close out by finishing it now? Um, And when you think about that, when you when you think about closing out all the tabs and having one tab open at a time, you know, you run more efficiently, you get whatever job at task done better or, you know, with higher quality or you don't have to go back and and redo things. Um, And of course your energy is conserved. You don't drain the battery drain your, I mean, my computer has no battery life when I have all these things open all the time. Um, and so your energy is conserved and, and also you have the ability to be able to recognize the tiny joys that we talk about all the time, but also opportunities that come along the way because we're present to what's happening around us and we're not so distracted. And I think those when that all adds up, it just leads us to, you know, a happier life. Like they said, you know, we have that happy mind because it's, it's not 700 tabs open all the time. It's a beautiful example, the computer. Um, and I think it's one of the, the greatest, one of the greatest things that we can do for ourselves is to really be present and allow ourselves to be that um, that productive, worthy, we are enough, we can handle anything that life sends our way, and we actually can be strong in the conviction of, of who we are and what we need and, and be able to um, uh, pivot from that, as, we, as you were saying, pivot from that idea that we're, we're not enough, we've got to be worrying, we've got to be regretting, and we've got to be doing all of these things at one time. We could actually be comfortable knowing that in this moment, doing this one thing at a time, uh, I am not going to feel oppressed by time and I'm actually going to have abundant energy 
to enjoy the things in life that I'm looking forward to or that I'm looking to have or the opportunities that I'm wanting to come my way. And it builds because once you do it and and feel that boost, you're like, I can do this. Yeah, and it's a keep confidence. going and keep going and keep going. So what are some of the other takeaways? I think you had some really good ones that you said you were going to do a, a little a little wrap up takeaway. And I, was, I love our little takeaways because I think it's really important to have those one easy thing. If you could just at least look at one, one thing of to pivot from doing 10 things at one time and look at one thing that you can do one, one thing at a time. Well, certainly to wrap up this two part series, obviously keeping in mind the challenge that we've all put ourselves on of what is the thing and just really cultivating that awareness of, of some of the areas in our life where we tend to have too many tabs open and just keep that, that visual and even our phones too. When you have too many apps open, you know, it drains the battery and you close out all the apps and the phone works better. So I love to think about that in my mind because I could be sitting in a meeting talking about a project that I love, but if I have the freaking tab in my mind open about sending my travel agent an, an email, I'm not giving it all to my, to my work and to something that I care about. So think about what tabs are open and how can you close them out and where in your, where in your life can you start to be more present and just start to pinpoint these areas. And, you know, we do these little challenges, but you know, ultimately we all make choices in our own lives of, of how we want to live it. So start to notice, but also remembering that I think the top three mental habits that we fall into that take us out of the present moment that we've talked about in this episode are worry, worry and anxiety, feeling impatient or that you don't have enough time and being bored and restless. So if you're starting to feel one of those three things, take a minute to pause and tap into whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment and come back to where your feet are and see what actual positive action you can take to move forward from that place in a present way so that you're not treading that water like we talked about and wasting energy. Um, and then lastly, starting to remember the good that comes when we start to tap into these new patterns of feeling more energized, feeling more confident, feeling more productive in an aligned way, not just crossing things off a list to cross it off, but really finishing that unfinished business and releasing our minds as closing the tabs so that we don't feel so oppressed by time so that we can feel complete so that we can feel worthy within ourselves so that we can know that we've got life and we're not falling behind and we're not not doing enough and we can know that when we close out the tabs and stop treading in the water and just being where our feet are we we're enough and we're doing enough and and that is enough and I think what's so beautiful about what you're saying and what we're talking about today, and it, it permeates and runs through our entire practice 
of everything that we do. I, this is such a huge thing is that it's the little things in the day. So starting to become aware when my mind is divided, starting to become aware. Oh, I love what you just said. So I'm, I'm feeling bored right now. Why am I feeling bored? Because I'm not really present to the work that I'm doing. Am I feeling bored because I'm not really listening to the person that I'm talking to? And so just really starting to become aware every time you start to feel one of those things or I'm worried or I'm stressed, am I, am I anxious because my mind is thinking about five things at one time while I'm trying to do the dishes or while I'm trying to do my work here at my desk? And so really those little things add up every time you bring your mind back to the present moment, every time you bring your mind back to the task at hand, doing just that one thing at a time. We use this example a lot because you talk about this a lot, Michelle. You're building that muscle within yourself. You're building that muscle within your brain that is going to not only keep you in the present moment and help you become more one-pointed, you will actually start to become uncomfortable when you're not one-pointed. So these little things that we're talking about really add up to you're actually changing that negative habit of being scattermind and trying to do so many things at one time where you're actually changing that habit into a really good, healthy habit of being really focused and one-pointed. And there's a quote that I would like to end my part, my part of this beautiful <laughs> conversation. Um, there's a quote by Teresa of Avila, and it's part of a whole long prayer that she has, but the last oh, one is so, this. it's so amazing. And it changed my life. Um, because for me, when I'm scattered, I'm so impatient I am so impatient with myself, with life, with people, with driving. Unsettled. Unsettled, exactly. Just imagine it. You've got a scattered mind. You're going to be unsettled. You're going to feel impatient. You're treading that water. You're treading that water. So this goes, if you have patience, you can have what you will. And so how I've translated that into my life in the past four decades almost now is that if I can, if I can be present and if I can do one thing at a time and I can not allow myself to feel that impatience because I'm anxious, because I'm scattered, of course, we're going to feel impatience sometimes, but if you really dig into it, it's usually because my mind is scattered and I'm thinking about too many things and I'm trying to do too many things, then I can have what I will. I can, I can have the good job done properly and not have to redo it. Or I can have the happiness of being at your college graduation. I can have the success or the opportunities as you talked about a little bit ago will start coming my way. I just love that. So if you have patience, you can have what you will by St. Teresa of Avila. I love that. It's a beautiful short thing just to kind of remember. Um, And it stems from a wandering, um, multi-pointed, multitasking mind. I love that. And And I know we're wrapping this up, but something that came to me just now that I hadn't necessarily thought of in this conversation yet is just to, to think about, I think so many of us feel the overwhelming sense of apathy in the world around us. Like everyone's just kind of burned out and and not caring. And I, I, I started to notice within myself that the more, divided my mind and scattered my own mind, the more apathetic towards things I started to feel. And I think the more often we run from that system, thinking of a computer of scattered, it tends to lead to more apathy as well. And when you were talking about that quote of, of, of my will and feeling and being patient and being present to what I want, 
when you're scattered, you can't even tap into what you want. And I think that that really does lead to apathy and feeling like, well, nothing matters anyways. And I think what's the use? The world right now is is really operating from that system of of apathy. What's what does it matter? A lack of hope and and pointedness that we're talking about. And so I know these these ideas that we've talked about in these past two episodes are so seemingly simple, and and we talk about it all the time, but. I do think they're at the root of a lot of issues that so many of you write into us every single day and ask us about. And, you know, we'll get into some more nitty gritty aspects of this, you know, with other episodes. But if we can start to cultivate this awareness and tap into the present moment desires and present moment actions that we can take and minimize that divided mind, I do think we can start to feel a a more whole, complete um, sense of self and sense of world around us. Obviously, this isn't like, you know, we're not going to change the world tomorrow, but I just that apathy piece really just popped up into my mind. And I think that the antidote to apathy is presence. Yeah. Beautifully said, Michelle. Beautifully said. So let's continue our, our little challenge of noticing these areas that we want to focus on. And, you know, let us know how it goes. And cause it's hard. Like I said, you know, this has been a really heavy week with the news around us and, my first instinct was to like grab snacks and sit on the couch and watch the news and spiral. So, you know, it's life is always going to present, present us challenges. So if you're struggling in any of these areas, just send us a message. We love to hear how it goes for you. And, um, I'm sure we'll do some follow-ups on this topic as well, but as always, please make sure you're staying in touch on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. And, and yeah, let us know how it goes for you. And of course, please make sure that you are subscribed and, and keeping up to date with the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, um, Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, that's, that's the blessed place to keep up with the podcast. Make sure you've given us a nice review if you haven't already a five-star rating really makes us happy, puts a smile on our face and we feel so grateful and appreciative for it. So if you haven't done that already, please go ahead and do so. And good luck with, with life in this next week. We hope that these practices and these ideas are really helpful for you and can't wait to hear how it goes and can't wait to talk to you all next week and you next week. Yes. Because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.